Josiah began a revival of sorts that spread throughout the whole country. Hilkiah found a book of the law. Jeremiah read it, or yeah, it was read by Hilkiah. Josiah found the words and the will of God, decided to bring reform and revival, initiated Passover to happen again, took all of the idols, broke them down, burned the wooden Asherah poles, ground all of the idols to dust and powder and sprinkled it over the graves of those who worship pagans, pagan idols, took the bones of the false prophets who had died and burned them and scattered them. He was just a radical little kid. But it seemed to be a surface revival for the nation never stayed at that peak. After Josiah died, you might say an untimely death because he went out to Megiddo to fight Pharaoh Necho. He had no business being there. He got killed in battle. Next in the throne was a guy by the name of Jehoahaz, who was a creep. Turned from God, was an idolater. After Jehoahaz came Jehoiakim. He was a creep. After Jehoiakim came Jehoiachin. Creepo number three. And after Jehoiachin came Zedekiah, the vassal king placed upon the throne by Nebuchadnezzar who rebelled against Nebuchadnezzar, and in 586 B.C., after running away from him, was caught, and his eyes were put out. And we read that last time we met together. In this book, we get insight into the heart, not just the prophecy, the heart of Jeremiah. He's called the weeping prophet, or the prophet of the broken heart. This is the wailing wall of the Scripture. Where for five chapters, Jeremiah is weeping, pouring out his heart for the sins of his people before God. And in getting insight into Jeremiah's heart, we touch upon something very important known as the fellowship of his sufferings. Paul said that I might know him, the power of his resurrection, the fellowship of his sufferings being made conformable even to his death. Now, a lot of us like the first part of that, not the second part. If we were to take a vote, we'd say, yeah, I'd like to have fellowship with the power of your resurrection, but the fellowship of your sufferings, and eh, they can wait. But Jeremiah entered into exactly what God was feeling. God hates sin, and it breaks his heart, and he weeps over the sins of his people. Jeremiah did too. Now, it's interesting. In our culture, traditionally, it's changing now, but traditionally, if a man wept, he was known as the sissy a wimp. In the days when my father grew up, growing in a very rigid part of the country and in a rigid household, if he were to cry, his father would correct him and say, big boys don't cry. Jeremiah did. Jeremiah wept tears of compassion, but he wasn't crying for himself, and there's a big difference with that. He wasn't self-centered in his weeping. He didn't go, poor me. Oh, he did a little bit, but God kind of got him in line. But here he's weeping for other people. The sins of other people are breaking him up. And they remind us of someone who had come six centuries later, standing over Jerusalem, around the same area, weeping over the same city named Jesus Christ, saying, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, how often I would have gathered you as a mother hand gathers her chicks, but you were not willing. And because of that, your enemies will cast a trench about you. They will kill you and your children within your walls. Not one stone shall be left upon another. It will all be thrown down. And Jesus predicted 
the destruction of the city yet future as Jeremiah, after the destruction, wept for it. And so Jeremiah depicts Jesus Christ also weeping over the city. R.W. Dale, and most of you aren't familiar with him, he was an old preacher from England during the days of Dwight L. Moody. R.W. Dale used to say about Dwight L. Moody that, in his opinion, there's only one person who was alive who was qualified to preach about hell, and that was Dwight L. Moody. And he said that repeatedly in many of his messages, and someone asked him, why do you always say that? Why do you think Moody is the only one qualified to preach on hell? And R.W. Dale said, because when he preaches on hell, there are tears in his voice. And I think that's a real good axiom to remember. There are tears in his voice. He just didn't pronounce denunciation. He wept. Jeremiah spoke about judgment.